newsletter, March 2018. Mars, out of bounds in Capricorn. Mars, currently in Sagittarius, enters Capricorn on March 17th, joining Saturn and Pluto, which are already there. Interestingly, around the same time, Mars also goes out of bounds, crossing south of the Sun's most southerly possible declination. Back to that in a minute. Mars remains in that strange, volatile OOB condition until early April. On April 1st, it forms its conjunction with Saturn. Finally, back with inbounds, it catches up with Pluto on April 26th, all in Capricorn. It promises to be a colorful few weeks. Before I attempt to unravel all this moving symbolism, first let's have a quick word about what it means when a planet goes out of bounds, just so we're all up to speed. It's an easy concept. Imagine Earth's equator projected onto the heavens. Planets are usually above it or below it, just like New York is north of Buenos Aires, and they lie on either side of the equator. In the sky, what we call latitude here on Earth is called declination. When the sun reaches its maximum northerly declination, it's as high as it can get in the sky, at least up here in the northern hemisphere. That's the solstice marking the beginning of our summer. After that, it's all downhill for the sun until six months later it reaches the bottom and our winter begins. Meanwhile, our Australian friends are firing up their Barbies. It's the beginning of summer down there. The moon and most of the planets can get a little further north or south than the farthest that the sun can reach. When they do that, they are said to be out of bounds. That's what it's all about. And when that happens, they get a little weird, as if they have been unleashed from the repressive controlling grip of the sun. That's what Mars will do around the 17th, right as it passes into Capricorn. The sun is what tethers the solar system. As above, so below. So the sun is what tethers your head to. The sun represents reason. It represents your core values, that to which you must be true if you're going to be sane, whole, and authentic. What would happen to you if, for example, your Venus grabbed the steering wheel and made all your decisions, or your Neptune? That's what an out-of-bounds planet is like, highly independent, profoundly creative and self-expressive, and a bit unhinged. Now, when the moon or a planet progresses out of bounds, that planet has gone to the wilderness in order to reinvent itself. The part of you it represents has become too stifled by customs, other people's expectations. It is sick of the rules. It will look a little crazy for a while, but there is a good chance that when it comes back inbounds, it will be refreshed, liberated, and renewed, and significantly reoriented. Now, progressions are personal, but transits are collective, even though they have personal meaning too. So this month, Everyone on Earth will experience Mars going out of bounds right as it crosses into Capricorn. The fact that Capricorn is already supercharged by the presence of two slow-moving heavies out there really puts this upcoming Mars event in the spotlight. Bottom line, for about three weeks, the epical cultural processes symbolized by having Saturn and Pluto in Capricorn will be served with some additional hot sauce. 
a little parenthesis here. Let me add that Mars will again go out of bounds this summer, starting in early July and running into late September. Apart from a brief return to Capricorn from August 13th through September 10th, much of that will happen with Mars in Aquarius. And so apart from those three weeks, uh, that's a different ballgame from the one I'm discussing here now. So what does it all signify? What does all this mean? I wrote quite a lot about what it means when the moon is out of bounds in the Book of the Moon. Tony Howard has really begun to make his mark as a pioneer, researcher, writer, lecturer about the out-of-bounds expressions of Mercury, Venus, and Mars. You can check out his work or read my books for some solid grounding in the broader principles of declination. The subject is a broad one. Before we get specifically to Mars, let's quickly set the stage by thinking of the slower theme-building planets that are already waiting in Capricorn. This extra edgy Mars will definitely trigger a fierce and probably highly creative expression of something, something connected to those planets, Saturn and Pluto. But an expression of what? Pluto brings shadows to light. Secrets are revealed. Lines of taboo or control are crossed. Truth surfaces. Meanwhile, Saturn deals with justice, the eternal law that all actions have consequences. Underlying both planets right now is the archetypal field we call Capricorn. Among other things, Capricorn represents the existing order of things. With Pluto in Capricorn, that's 2008 through 2023, one pattern we are seeing revealed is the dark side of conservatism. And I don't just mean the political philosophy. I mean the existing underlying conservative structure of society, which is what conservatives always seek to conserve. We are talking about social class, national boundaries, the patriarchy, the current economic systems, gender definitions, sexism, racism, family structures, and so forth. The whole enchilada of society's givens. All that is Capricorn. Saturn in Capricorn, now through 2020, is another big deal. Justice plus a redefinition of integrity is the heart of it. Have a look at my newsletter for December 17 for a deeper grasp of that transit. I don't want to fill up this newsletter with a repetition of all that. But now let's add Mars to the mix, and passion and anger and intensity enter the equations in a big way. Throw in the fact that Mars is out of bounds, and we simultaneously throw out the rule book regarding the expression of that passion, anger, and intensity. It could get hot. Positively, it is time for some bold creativity relative to all those old dinosaurs. Negatively, pent-up destructive forces of repressed rage and resentment are freed from any moral boundaries or scruples that might previously have constrained them. Stand back. The subject, again, is really vast. The definitive textbook will be this month's headlines. Here, in this limited essay, I want to focus on one critical contemporary aspect of this configuration, paying particular attention to its martial ingredients. Specifically, I want to think about gender, and I want to start with Mars, 
which has often uncritically been defined as a masculine planet. Astrologically, the idea that Mars is male is ancient, but that notion must be scrutinized carefully as human cultures transition into their future forms. Not to oversimplify, but a pretty good opening tweet here is that I've seen a lot of women's charts and I've never seen one without a Mars. Ditto for men and Venus, of course. Obviously, we've all got the full complement of planets regardless of our plumbing. A generation ago, psychologist John Gray made a ton of money with his popular book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Some people, myself included, were annoyed by its black and white dichotomizing of male and female psychology. But the book spoke to a lot of people. I'll admit myself included again. So are males more martial than females by nature? and females more naturally Venusian than males? Or is that just social conditioning? Damned if I know, and I'd rather not be subjected to a long dinner with anyone who has it all figured out. The revolution is still in progress. I bet it has at least another century to go before anything is really clear about all that stuff. One effect of this momentous shift is that it has put men and Mars energy in very tricky territory, which I want to explore here. These tensions are boiling over as Saturn and Pluto challenge the old Capricornian hierarchies and assumptions. With Mars about to enter the fray and out of bounds to boot, we can anticipate some pyrotechnics, and hopefully we will see some creative thinking too. An absolutely reliable principle in astrology is that planetary energy, just like energy in physics, will always manifest somehow. It can't disappear. But the form in which it manifests is subject to the influence of human consciousness. In a nutshell, if we don't get upon it right, we will surely get it wrong. Add some shades of gray in between, and you have the theoretical foundation of evolutionary astrology, which is always about helping people use their own magic to make right choices rather than disempowering them by making predictions. Consciousness interacts with these archetypal fields unpredictably, independently, and creatively. Now, running with this idea of the conservation of energy, which is how it's stated in physics, we recognize that Mars is the war god. Immediately, those words frame Mars' energy in violent terms. There is far more to the planet than violence, but let's not be so prim as to avoid the tiger in the living room. Mars kills. If you're a guy, Mars is what punched you in the nose when you were in high school. If you're a woman, Mars was what wolf whistled and made improper suggestions as you walked by the construction site. All that aggression is truly a face of Mars, but none of it reflects the higher ground. Mars also protects. It is the part of every woman and every man that would attack a rabid dog with our bare hands if that beast were attacking our child. That is violent behavior too, but let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. That face of Mars is the heroic part of your nature. 
let's get really primal here. For almost the entirety of human history, a lot of that protective Mars work has fallen to men. The reasons are pretty straightforward. Man's part in making a baby is generally not terribly burdensome to him, nor very time-consuming. A pregnant woman results, and she may be as tough as Ayla in Clan of the Cave Bear, but she is still pregnant and significantly incapacitated for a few months. Then she's nursing and recovering from the very martial ordeal of childbirth, and given prehistoric reality, she's probably pregnant again before very long. Meanwhile, a man in order to be considered honorable and a man in full, needed to protect her and their child. This wasn't because she was weak or helpless, far from it. It was because she needed him and she trusted him, plus she was in a vulnerable state. There was thus a natural symbiosis between men's Mars energy and women's Venus energy. That symbiosis allowed our species to survive. It's why we are here today. All this was simply the biological truth of life for something like 99% of human history. Then the world changed. Modern society emerged. Survival became less dicey. People had fewer babies. More of them survived. Life got longer. Cities rose up. Efficient birth control entered the picture. The tiger problem faded as a daily concern. And suddenly, women no longer needed men to protect them. Cards on the table. In my opinion, and of course, feel free to have a different one. Feminism is the single most fundamental revolution of the past century or more. It has rocked the world, and it will continue to rock it. That said, I hope that the misleading word feminism quickly fades away, not because I have any problems with its principal values, but rather because the word feminism implies that the whole thing is a female issue. That is as blindly wrongheaded as believing that prostitution is caused by women. This revolution is rocking men's consciousness every bit as much as it is rocking the world of women. A closer scrutiny of the exclusionary effect of the word feminism gives us another critical clue. In general, without social and mythic support, men are dealing with this whole explosion in a far more unconscious way than are women. One takeaway is simply that it is a lonely and confusing time to be a man. And if that thought doesn't trigger a little trill of compassion in your heart, then you're part of the problem, not part of the solution. Not to be sidetracked here, but the current hashtag MeToo movement was triggered like clockwork astrologically by Jupiter's entry into Scorpio which crystallized and revealed some of the deeper rumblings of Pluto's passage through Capricorn. Remember, with Pluto in the mix, the shadow dimension of old social structures, in this case the patriarchy, is being revealed. Male sexual aggression no longer hides behind the cloak of denial as much as it tries. A few paragraphs ago, 
we said an absolutely reliable principle in astrology is that planetary energy will always manifest somehow. If we don't get a planet right, we will surely get it wrong. We also recollected that through almost the entirety of human history, an honorable man defended the women and children. Let's put two and two together. This social reality gave men a positive and necessary expression of pure Mars energy. Men rightfully drew dignity, identity, and self-respect from their protective, providing role. Then the world changed, and women were not so dependent on men any longer. So what became of the male avenue for healthy Mars expression? Poof! Suddenly, it was gone. Here's the crux of everything. With far fewer positive avenues available for male expression of Mars energy, it is not difficult to see what had to happen. These eternal astrological principles work with a high degree of reliability. Thus, lacking positive avenues of Mars expression, men would inevitably be drawn to less positive ones and eventually pulled into truly negative manifestations. That's true unless paradigms shift, unless radical creativity creates new answers. More about all that in a minute. So, historically, it was a man's job to protect the women and the children. Now, have you detected what appears to be a current epidemic of the exact opposite. Instead of high Mars energy, a low Mars energy, specifically men attacking women. Rape is the most obvious illustration. What about men attacking children or men abandoning their own children, which may not be intended as an attack, but which certainly functions as one? This bleeds out into the whole sorry world of exploitive or degrading pornography. What about revenge porn? All this has made the headlines recently as the hashtag MeToo movement exposes male abuse towards females in the professional world, Harvey Weinstein and all that he represents. Now, why are there so many films and novels nowadays in which something terrible happens to a woman and then male vengeance masquerades as justice? Maybe it is justice. Misguided, misqualified Mars energy is everywhere. It is an epidemic. There is no way to overestimate its horror. Without exaggeration, we recognize that this energy could actually destroy the world. Just arm it with nuclear weapons. On a milder level, male obsession with televised violent sports is a sublimation of this Mars energy too. And with sports, let's be careful to make a distinction between somebody enjoying a football game and the compulsive life and death addiction to watching sports. There's a difference. It is a short, disheartening step from here to seeing how this dark us and them Mars energy has infected politics 
where a sports-like fan relationship to a political party leads to a nation's real needs going down the drain, all in the sacred name of my team winning. This is dark Mars energy. It does not protect society. It harms society. Now, are men to blame for all this? Some people try to make a case for that, but I'm not convinced. And that's for the same reason that I don't like the word feminism very much. This is a human problem, not a male problem. Men will not fix it. They probably can't fix it alone. Humanity will fix it. Now, Mars' current entry into Capricorn and its brief tour out of bounds are not likely to provide a quick answer to all of this, but I believe we have come to a significant moment in this evolutionary process. That statement brings us back to the big astrological picture. I mean, the effects of Pluto and Saturn in Capricorn while Jupiter passes through Scorpio. Mars will probably trigger some headlines that reflect these underlying tensions for good or for ill. My deepest hope, and I address this to you, my readers and listeners, knowing that you're not simply representatives of the status quo, or you wouldn't be listening to me now, but rather active ingredients in the cultural revolution. So my deepest hope is that these words catalyze mindfulness and creative reflection in you, and that you can thus add to the collective treasury of hope and insight. To surf the wave of this Mars on steroids energy, you will have to avoid being seduced by passion and rage. That's the dark side of Mars OOB, and it exerts a powerful suction. When we are righteously indignant, it is difficult not to appoint ourselves judge and jury. Well, knowing that the fish's knowledge of the sea is limited, here briefly are a few of my own tentative thoughts, hopefully some contributions. I believe the time is ending when men are naturally identified with Mars and women with Venus. That was necessary, even healthy for a long while, but that is true no longer. Burn any of your books that promote that heresy. Here's another. You astrologers, Please stop speaking of masculine and feminine planets. We are all made of the same star stuff. Women are from Mars and Venus. Ditto for men. The old language only further entrenches the problem. We've got to give it up. Here's another. Let's recognize and actively appreciate the creative role that the LGBTQ communities are providing. These people are very literally reflecting the blurring of these archaic gender boundaries. They are on the front lines where there are always a lot of casualties. We all have a lot to learn from their stories and much gratitude in our hearts for what they're going through. Here's another. Men, try to actively claim your Venus energy. Buy flowers for the sheer joy of it. Cook candlelit meals. Ask for help. Wear pink. Write a poem. Consult other people for their opinions. Tell your friends you'll love them. Be brave enough to be dependent on someone else. And change your underpants. Well, okay, you women. 
you can help by actively claiming your Mars energies. That's really the bottom line. Take some physical risks. Get sweaty. Go out on the streets looking like what you really look like. Tell us what you really want like a warrior. Be brave enough to cherish your independence even if someone wants to take care of you. Initiate sex. Hey, it's all a beginning. As we equilibrate the division of martial and Venusian energy in our own lives. We are addressing these problems right at the core archetypal level of their origin. All humanity will benefit. Creatively, jointly, both genders holding hands in a spirit of mutual respect. How can we devise more positive outlets for men and their martial force? Because we know that if men do not find a positive release for that red-hot energy, it will continue to manifest in harmful ways. In parallel fashion, how can we support women in exactly the same areas? I am aware of treading on thin ice and probably some toes as I say all of this. I am wide open to the idea that I am wrong about some of it, and I'm 100% certain that I've missed 99% of it. But it is through this kind of thinking that we create a human future worth living. And I think that between March 17th and early April, some significant seeds are going to be planted. Thank you.